You're listening to The Bunker New York, live on Red Bull Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. We're here in Detroit, where we've been all week. We'll stay throughout the weekend. We're doing shows every weeknight from 7 to 8 p.m. here on Red Bull Radio, uh, bringing in some of my favorite local Detroit talent. And today we have very special guest, Luke Hess. What's up, everyone? Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, and also just wanted to shout out as much as possible that the next show after ours is Interdimensional Transmissions with the Bunker resident, DJ Mike Servito. So it's going to be exciting two hours here. Um, so Luke, I guess let's starting at the beginning, you were, you were born and raised in Detroit. Yeah, born and raised on the east side of Detroit in two square miles of paradise, Frazier, Michigan. And, uh, yeah, just, um, really got into electronic music probably around 1995, 96, uh, when my cousin introduced me to the warehouse party scene and, uh, kind of inspired me just to stick with it from there. So, so things were, I imagine, pretty interesting in the mid-90s in Detroit. I mean, I know from talking to a bunch of Detroit people, but maybe, like, what are some of your earliest memories or maybe maybe the most memorable party you can remember from the mid-90s that was, like, when you just first started going out? I mean, I guess when I first started, there was a couple UR parties that I went to, um, and I saw, like, Rob Hood and some of the UR guys, Buzz Gorey, and to me, you know, it was just fun sitting in front of you know, the the DJ booth and watching them play. To me, it was just amazing. Um, but there was like another space called the bridge space, under the bridge space. And there was some pretty nice parties there when the sun rose and stuff like that under the bridge. It was just kind of a nice setting, so. Yeah, were your, did your parents know what you were up to? They did not, <laughs> they did not. And somehow I never really got caught either. So it's it pretty nice. What did you do? What did you tell them? Going to sleep over at a friend's house? Yeah, friend's house, you know, it's kind of similar. And then they would stay at my house and, you know, yeah. I always, be okay. I always hear these stories from other kids, but this this definitely would not have worked with my parents <laughs> when I was 15 years old. Um, so going to these early parties got you interested in electronic music. And when did you start, like, really getting involved beyond just going to the parties? So I would say, like, two or three years later, um... I had saved up enough money to go on a trip with my friend and instead of going on a trip with my friend to Greece, I decided to go into Guitar Center and buy some turntables and then uh, from there I just really started collecting records and you know going to record record time and melodies and memories and stuff like that and uh, building my catalog and I guess I was just really collecting records until around I don't know 2005 you know before I started playing out so I had a decent amount of Midwest kind of vibe stuff and Detroit stuff and dub techno and stuff like that. Um, and uh, then I would play, I played some of my first parties like downtown with uh, the Beretta crew and stuff like that. And that spurred me from there to start into production, which started like around 2006. And when you started all this then, did you imagine you'd still be doing like did it feel like a hobby as a young person or did you just kind of know that you were you were in it you were gonna I stick mean, with it yeah for me it was like there were no really goals or anything like that at first it was just like i really love this music i'm going to continue to collect records and support my friends and go to parties and um i didn't really 
you know, have any kind of uh, future um, ideas about where I was going to play or if I was going to start a record label or something like that. It was just something that I knew I was going to be into. Um, I really enjoyed synthesis at the time. I was uh, going to school at Wayne State for electrical engineering and studying signal processing and stuff like that. So I started to collect some old synthesizers and um, get into production and stuff like that. And I just knew that it's kind of what I wanted to do on my spare time, at least, you know, for the long haul. So, yeah, I mean, your production is very, that kind of explains some things, electrical engineering, because your, your, your production is very tight and precise. And I remember when you and Brian Kage played at the bunker as reference, like, year, I don't know, many years ago at this point, that was probably the first time around 2009 or 10, I'm kind of mm -hmm. guessing. But I remember you were the first people who, you didn't have an external sound card, nothing. You were just playing from a, from the laptop with controllers with a like the mini jack out right. of the laptop right. into the mixer and I was like this is what are they oh my god I brought these guys from Detroit they don't know what they're doing it's gonna be awful <laughs> but, but it worked right? no it sounded great <laughs> it sounded because like wow okay they they really know what they're doing here um, which I guess brings us to the next thing which is you do you still generally play live instead of DJing or I, would I mean I know it's a mix but you yeah I would say. I probably mostly played live solo until around 2010 or so. And then I started to cross over and DJ more and more. And uh, now primarily I just DJ when I go out. So what what inspired that switch? Because for a long time I thought of you as a live, yeah, live was, guy. Yeah, and that's I guess that was a little bit of a misconception because um, I really started to DJ first, you know, and yeah, and I guess I was pretty good on the ones and twos Like just the pitch control and I was always very particular about doing long mixes because that's how I was inspired to mix You know, right? So I guess before I really felt comfortable and confident DJing I wanted to make sure that I could do it good enough to not you know to not make mistakes right um, and that's just the way that I was groomed I guess to do it and then when I started um, uh, producing that's kind of when I started just to play live because I felt like it was an easy transition and then when I got a little bit more confident just performing that's when I started to say okay I'm just gonna go back to playing records and stuff like that because I just really enjoy it so so were your first records that you actually released on your own label or did you start on other people's labels um, yeah, I started on other people's labels. I would, I think my first record was on Beretta, and then the second, third, fourth, and like the first album um, was on Fexi. And then I guess in in between there, I was also releasing on Echo Chord and Contra Music and and some other labels. So, so I know Fexi is Omar S's label, and he doesn't necessarily have a ton of artists that are on that label. I think they're probably most or all from Detroit. Mm -mm. And I know you guys are have a fairly tight friendship and relationship how mm -hmm. how has that played into like what what i guess what did you learn from omar s that has helped you maybe um, to succeed in the techno world i don't know i mean it's there's a there's a lot to say about that but i guess one thing is kind of like um i was always very particular about my mixing and engineering for a while and i would sit on tracks for a really long time before i was comfortable thinking that they're ready to release and stuff and um alex kind of taught me that hey you know if it's if it's like a really great track and it's got a lot of emotion um you definitely want to focus on the engineering and mixing for sure but you don't want to sit on it forever 
because it's never going to be perfect. You know, it's yeah. it's art and it doesn't have to be perfect. So yeah. um, just kind of, you know, get stuff out a little bit more often instead of sitting on it, you know? Yeah, this is a struggle that I have to work with with a lot of the artists on the Bunker New York label. Um, it's, I, I think for all artists, visual, sound, whatever, like when when is a piece of art done? Sure. And I think like you said, it's never, it could technically never be done. But Version like, yeah. 5,300. Yeah. yeah, but at some point you just have to pull the trigger and decide to show it to people whether it's perfect or not. I agree, yeah. Um, so, I guess we already went over the labels. You, you have your own label, but your discography is pretty spread out. Um, what, what do you think separates, is there something that separates the releases on your own label, Deep Labs, from the other stuff? You were, you were telling me before the show that it's, it's kind of a slow leak and it's mostly your own material on that label, like a record a year or something. Yeah, I guess for me, Deep Labs a little bit tells the story of um, where I'm at musically. So what I'm into at the moment and then how I'm producing and how I'm growing. So it's really just a, a catalog of, you know, how I'm growing as an artist and how I relate to Detroit through that music. So cool. And before we get into the mix here, do you have, I know you brought a list even, so you must have yes, a lot coming up, I, like things, things that are com coming up releases that you want to uh, talk about or shout out. Um, yeah. So I have a remix coming out, um, you know, Christian Block. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're doing a, a record together on Contact Records out of Copenhagen. And I just did a remix for him um, on that. And Rolando also did a remix. Um, then I have like a various artist EP coming out on Dolly, Steffi's label. Oh, very nice. Um, so there's one track on there uh, that should be coming out in August. And then there's another new record label out of Italy called Super Cinema. And I did like three original tracks. And then Patrick Russell's going to do a remix on that one. Oh, very cool. So it's kind of nice to tie in that friendship with the release, you know? Yeah. And um, then the next few after that are just Deep Labs releases. So Deep Labs solo release from me in the fall this year. And then I'm working on an album for next year. So. Wow. So and, you're definitely keeping busy. This is your full, this is your clearly your full time. No. It's not? No, no. Because I have my normal day job where I work like 40 hours a week doing engineering stuff. So. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. You're keeping very busy, and you're and you're you're leaving Detroit a lot. I mean, I see like following you on social media, etc. You're you're playing around. You were just in Bergheim this week. You've played Bassiani recently, and just all over. How how are you? How are you fitting all this in with your? I mean, I know you're you know you have a wife. You've got how how are you balancing and everything? And a dog. And a dog. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. I mean, I guess lately I've been cutting it down to really just one weekend a month. And so I've been trying to focus on just playing two gigs a month and do it like that because I, I did get to a little bit of a peak last year where I was a little bit stressed out and a little bit too tired. So I kind of am taking a step back and trying to keep it at like one weekend a month and it works a little bit better that way. So. Yeah, it's really smart because I think everybody kind of hits that starts touring you get into that mode where you don't want to say no to people because you're so excited yeah. that they want you to play sure. and then next thing you know you haven't had a weekend off in months and you're working all week mm -hmm. and you don't have time for family and friends and just a normal life relaxing yeah, yeah somewhat normal life yeah um and since we have movement weekend coming up here do you want to talk about your gig this weekend and then we'll get into the mix which um, I know you want to do <laughs> I, I open um, for uh, Helena Huff and Nina Kravis and Marcel Detman at Masonic Temple on Sunday 
so I play from like 11 to 12. Small little opening set there. Yeah, but, but that's, I'm excited. That's, a, that's an honor to be on that lineup. That's a huge For lineup. Sure. Um, so with that, should we get into the mix? Let's Ready do it. Ready to go? Yep. Okay, so we're going to get into the mix here with Luke Hess playing until the top of the hour when Interdimensional Transmissions with Mike Servito takes over. You're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. Conscious. 
Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. We've been in the mix with Luke Hess. He's going to take us to the top of the hour. Very cool set. Very precise mixing. Um, you can catch Luke on Sunday here in Detroit at the Masonic Temple, where he's playing with Marcel Bettman, Nina Kravitz, and Helena Hoff. And also, while I'm shouting out parties, we've got The Bunker on Monday at Tangent Gallery with Jane Fitz and Eric Cloutier, Function and Adam X, myself and Mike Servito. And then we have a come down room, kind of an extra weird chill out room with live sets from Gunnar Haslam, Abi Echeverri, Clay Wilson and Rao, Bo Wanzer and Stallone the Reducer. It's all on Monday at Tangent. Stay tuned. Coming up next on Red Bull Radio is the Interdimensional Transmissions show. And they're going to have our resident DJ, Mike Servito, playing some of his influential tracks and talking about them so that should be great stay tuned for that in the next hour you're listening to the bunker new york on red bull radio